Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and I am joined with Chris Apple. Good to be back. Brett Freeman. Hey everyone. And Jonathan's going to sneak in sooner or later, I know it, he'll be here. But, so we have some, we had some big tournaments happen this week, past weekend, last weekend. Uh, We got some cool data for you guys. We're also going to be jumping into our Nova prep that is right around the corner. It's going to be here next weekend. So after all this is said and done, I'm sure we're going to have a crazy amount of data because we have Nova, like I said, next weekend. And I think the Australian system open is the following weekend after, or I'm sorry, the same weekend as Nova. So we should have a ton of stuff for you guys coming up. But right now, let's jump into all the data that we have from these past extended tournaments. Chris, take the wheel because I know you have gathered all this information for us. Yeah, this came from from other people around the community, but what's cool is uh, I think Germany and Canada, the the list fortresses were filled out pretty much 100%. Um, so Germany had 144 players and Canada I think had like maybe 70, somewhere in that range. But that's that's pretty cool. Like it's, it's hard to get uh, extended tournaments in particular with relatively complete data. We were getting more of that with the system opens a little while ago. Um, so it's it's really nice to kind of start digging through that. One thing I would caution is we're still really kind of early in actually getting any real details on extended tournaments. Um, so it's fun to kind of read through this and understand it, but it's same drill as always, right? Like this is mostly, we, we review this stuff because it's interesting to us, not because it's giving us like dramatic insights into what the meta actually is for any specific tournament, right? No, I mean, like, so, like, on, on the contrary, though, like, I, I think we're, we even though we're not getting crazy amounts of, uh, or so we are getting a lot of data, but I, I think at the same time, like, the best data that we're getting are these large, uh, big tournaments that are over 100 people, and, but I can understand at the same time how hard it is to gather that much data for these, those yeah. tournaments. I, and I, you know, just a shout out to the guy in Germany who, who said that he, like, kind of, I think he just took pictures of people's lists at the tournament. Like, like for someone to put the extra effort in to get every last list and then manually type it in to Yasby and you select it and then put it all into List Fortress. Um, I don't know. Just kudos to them. And it's something that everyone in the community should be sort of celebrating because it's um, it's a really big service. And we know that uh, we know that FFG actually uses the, the the fan collected data to make decisions on point costs. So. The more complete these tournaments are, the better the game gets, which is pretty cool. So enough of that preamble. We can get into the actual information. But uh, roughly speaking, um, it, you know, Germany, we saw a huge percentage of, of Empire lists there again. So I think it was like 23% of the field was Empire, something around that range. We've been seeing kind of similar numbers or even higher in, in hyperspace. So not too surprising to see that from an individual tournament. But if we kind of like combine some of the data together, just to give you a sense of the faction percentages in Swiss, because I think going into Nova, this might be relatively useful. You might see something similar to it. Um, Rebels were around that 14% mark. Empire, 23. Scum, 13. Resistance, 13. First Order, down at 10%. Republic, just under 20%. And then Separatists, as, as is tradition, uh, under, under double digits, like 7, 7% of the field. Um, so this is, you know, this is just basically uh, Germany and Canada and what data we already have on the European Championships. Even though that 300-person tournament for Euros is the list fortress is almost entirely blank, so we don't really have a good Swiss detail yet. So I, you know, looking at those percentages, uh, 
I think I think one thing that we can probably say is that the first order uh, percentages of Swiss and the separatist percentages of Swiss are they just seem lower than they probably should be. But who cares, right? This is just about player preference. This is probably reflective of what um, some of Nova might look like. Although, given our player base here, I'm expecting a, a considerably larger number of players trying to get that Kylo card down at Nova. Um, maybe. We'll have to see. I mean, like, I definitely think that the... Well, I definitely know that the faction supported prize system is going to sway certain people to play specific factions. Yeah. But, I mean, I definitely think as far as gathering data for, like, different purposes, it probably is a good thing because a lot of times you see that, like, just copycat lists where it was something like this, like, you could really try to identify and, like, discover things that aren't existent. So do we know if the German and, and Canada championships follow the same prize support as, as Nova will? Does it have the kind of faction stuff going on? I believe that's just, yeah, the grand championship, the nationals okay. is the same. All right. Yeah. Well, so whatever. I mean, those were the faction percentages, right? Um, I think I think we all know going to Nova that there's going to be a ton of Republic and anyone who's trying to win the whole thing might be bringing Empire. Um, but, you know, that's... That is what it is, but it isn't really all that interesting. So we can probably move on to some of the cut percentages um, and the conversion rate. So from the from the two main main ones, Germany and Canada, we're seeing like you know pretty reasonable cut percentages out of Empire and twenty percent, and we're around that range for Republic as well. Um, the rest of the percentages are kind of all over the place, but you know it's hard to really read into them. But yeah, I, it's 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 kind of the thing where like. We, we all know that Empire and Republic are kind of at the top of the pile at the moment. And then everything underneath that, it, to me, it feels like it just depends on the specific list and the specific player that opted into that faction for that weekend. Um, what I saw, like, looking at the German cut, for instance, uh, there was a really, you know, poor cut or conversion rate for Germany. Zero percent of, of, of first order lists made the cut. Right. And, you know, it's sort of an open book as to whether or not first order is great for extended. I just don't know for sure. Um, but 0% is like, that's pretty, that's pretty sketchy. 11 people brought FO lists and none, none got there. But if you start digging into it, you can see that like the lists that people brought were, to be honest, suboptimal. There were only three Kylo lists and all of them that I looked at were pretty bad. You know, there was a semi-interesting quick draw Omega and Zetas list. Um, so not to turn this into just an FO discussion, but like I, my point with this is that some of those factions that have sort of less, you know, or, or, or smaller conversion rates in the two tournaments that happened, um, it doesn't mean that there aren't good lists in there that a good player could take and do just fine. Um, you really have to look at the specific list that people brought. Yes. Um, so uh, I'm just looking at two of these lists here. I mean, we have a YV in here that made a cut. Like, Yeah, man. The how, many, how many people would have thought that, like, you know, a YV, like, sometimes you just have to put it on the table to really get the feel for it. And, like, the other thing I really kind of want to emphasize is we're in a state of the game that, like, they're progressively trying to make almost anything that you put on the table playable, I would say. Possibly. I mean, like, it's it, things are still so chaotic that it's, like, easy to be super positive about the game right now without actually knowing what's S-tier and breaking the sure. game. Like, we know that there's, like, regen and kind of Jedi and then, you know, things that just naturally play to time and win on their own that, like, everyone's angry at. But, you know, there isn't that, like, 
ultra S tier list that's sitting out there telling everyone that they're like using the wrong thing. So, so it just makes everything feel more viable, right? Um, like, like we saw Chewy and and three or four pods make the cut, right? Like, cool. <laughs> you know, like that guy's having fun. Like, it's an Intimidation Rose Tycho pod, or was it Intimidation BB8? I forget. Intimidation BB8 and a pod plus plus Chewy. This is like people are having fun. And, and I mean, that's uh, like I said earlier. Like, I, I think that's the most important part of the game. Is like. It's not turning like they've kind of like don't get me wrong like some boogeyman list might pop up suddenly, but it's not like the you know ghost fen list that we've seen in the past or the four like literally if you were looking to win a system open like this it was pretty smart just to bring four of the juke phantoms like like I said don't get me wrong like we're starting to see more things pop up like um, the. Jedi lists are popping up that are super strong. The taps are, like, popping up all over the place. But at the same time, like, I think other lists are starting to hold their own. Yeah. So uh, just to blitz through some interesting lists out of the tournaments, right? Um, in Germany, there was, you know, the Chewy Pods list that I talked about, which was on stream. It's pretty cool. I think the guy who was running that, his handle on Vassal is Catch, which kind of makes sense. Um, and then, you know, the 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 Uncar Plot Lots Razi list you already mentioned which is that's something that I I saw a while back like way back when with with Seeks and, and HLC. I remember playing against it and being like man this guy keeps moving my ship around. <laughs> like this is this is kind of annoying. Um and that's that's kind of cool. I, like it's 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 uh it's definitely something we hadn't seen before, right? He was running that with Kasoka Frost and Forlom. And then, you know, from there the other interesting one that that I saw was uh Rexler Brath with with uh Juke and then two supernatural proton rocket inquisitors. So that doesn't seem highly optimized, but it does sound fun. Anything with a tie defender seems super fun. Or well, mostly the supernatural rocket i3 um, inquisitors is sure. what I thought it was cool. But yeah, I'm with you. Um, kind of, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm sorry, but defenders, I got like a, a small uh, issue with because of the token stack. Oh, god. Yeah, Defenders are right. fine. They're like 80,000 points. If you want yeah, them, you got to And they better them. always be. Yeah. Um, what's the other one that's out there? It was the four uh, Lambda shuttle list with uh, Moff Gerard. <laughs> so do you want boosting cows? Because we got them. Like, that's a list. That's a cool list. Is it? Oh, oh hi, Boost Jonathan. Hey, yeah, sorry I'm late. That's okay. I have not. I have not been here the whole time. But that's all right. What's your opinion <laughs> on boosting lambdas? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> I guess back to engine upgrade from first edition. So yeah, it makes it a lot easier for them to turn around. I guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't like. I expect to never ever see this, but it's funny as hell. Yeah, I don't. I don't really want to. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> I'm thinking about it and it's just like how would I go up against it and I'm just like eh, I'm sure there's a way to go up against it and beat it but it's just kind of like I don't want to figure that out is it like with this German tournament it's actually pretty unusual for us to have every list from a big European tournament isn't it yeah and it is and I, I, I think there's one guy to thank I, I we don't know his name but thanks that guy Thanks, guy. Uh, if you reach out to us and you are that guy, I'll throw you some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, what else was in the cut that was semi-interesting? I think there was a Ketsu and Boba list, just a two-ship list, uh, with uh, a fearless small Boba. So 
turns out like force charges are good and you can put them on boba so i mean this literally is almost like a rehash of a first edition list like wasn't it john stoke that was running this come like the end of first edition where it's super cool because you can do things like bump intentionally with boba and then ketsu can tractor beam them off and then you just have make make people feel bad so that that's it's definitely an interesting list um especially because we're seeing into the high ship count metas coming up so definitely like this list the, the one thing right is that ketsu dies now yeah or, or ketsu just that that it was just like he brought a ship that didn't take damage right um but but yeah i like maybe that's a reaction to like more small base aces being around and kind of preying on that a little bit um but I, yeah i don't want to read too much into individual lists it's just fun to highlight the the interesting ones right that's that's basically all we're doing here um and then what what ended up winning germany i i don't remember um i mean let me take a quick look unless you guys beat me to it triple aces i think imperials really okay so vader soon to your duchess i'm guessing vader uh, whisper vader duchess <laughs> okay Nerf it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, <laughs> that's interesting. And then what else do we have? Uh, so just jump into Canada real quick. I'll, I'll blitz through some of that. Um, that ha- that has the full list fortress as well. Uh, it, it, just to, just to highlight first order in particular, I think uh, there were like like a huge percentage of the FO list ended up making cut. Um, if there were eight lists, like four of them were in, in the top eight or something like that, I, I don't know the exact numbers. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for like some decent FO ideas, they may not be like the best possible, but if you're looking for decent ones, check out that Canada list fortress. There's a couple in there that are semi-logical. Um, and I, there was a Kylo quick draw Tabson that went uh, 6-0 in Swiss. And that, that variant, I think it was Bohan that was running that. Uh, he had just Fanatical on quick draw and uh, was running a I think like a bid at 197. Um, he had a gunner on it too. Yeah, yeah. I I just assumed that, right? Okay. Um, it just didn't have the FCS, uh, FCS on there um, or Biohex. Like I like to run it. So that's you know, if you're considering FO and you want to take the best FO list, you should probably have an Upsilon in it. If you want to do something cheeky, then there's a couple other lists in the field that were pretty cool. Um, Kyla Quickdraw, Scorch, and an Epsilon made it to the final. Which I was pretty hyped about because that's like I've been testing that recently um, with Revis instead of the Epsilon. I still don't think it's better than the Tapson variants, but it's it's a cool list. Yeah. Um, and it <laughs> faced off against Poe and three A wings, so that ended up winning, right? Yeah, Brett. What do you think about this uh, this Poe with the three A wings list? I mean, you're so our A wing expert. <laughs> so the first time I was on your podcast, I said. I didn't know if it had legs because the flight patterns were so difficult, and I just really seemed to, to have to eat some crow here because clearly if you know how to fly Poe, which I don't, you're able to pull it all together. <laughs> um, I, I would probably O2 drop with this, but you know, in the hands of a good player, it's clearly a very good list. I've got a couple Vassal games in with, with the basic archetype of just Poe plus three. I, I pretty much try to test like any list that's ace in a couple of things. That like I think it has any amount of legs, and I had the same reaction as you, Brett. To be honest, like each time that I've run it, I I just pose just sort of like off in a corner, 
not really sure what to do. Like, <laughs> like, cause the, the A-wings are going, they're so fast, right? And they get to that first engagement and then they kind of split off. Um, and Poe's, you know, just trying to protect himself pretty much. Cause he, exactly. Yeah. And, and so it's like, if they point at Poe, it's like, I'm going to black one, <laughs> you know, like I'm out. Um, and it, but it, it's still an effective list. Um, I think I'd have to run it a lot to kind of get used to it. I, uh, but the, the thing that stood out to me is it had three copies of advanced optics on it. Right. Um, if you look at the list fortress entry, it actually, it's like pretty logical what the guy did with the list. Cause he, he just, you know, he found room for heroic and optics on all three of the A-wings. So, you know, each of those was hitting for two, right? Pretty much every time. Um, almost yeah. 93 and a half. I think it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like that's, it's kind of a cool list to be honest. Um, it's interesting that it has Tally instead of Lulo, right? So he kind of he decided on bringing more upgrades rather than Lulo. Um, which you know on net maybe he's looking at it like Lulo presents such a, a target that it's okay just to kind of even out the damage across all three things. Because I imagine if you took Lulo, you'd have to drop optics somewhere. Yeah, I, I mean he. This is the list I would run. I would definitely drop Lulo. The I, I just don't think, you know, it's worth it with the points right now. And, you know, the fact that now you're an X-Wing with two less health um, or three less health, I guess, in, in res, uh, resistance. So, yeah, I, I think that's the right list. Um, it's just, I don't know. I took it to a tournament. I did fine with it, but it, it just didn't seem like something I'd have consistent success with. Yeah, I, and there's, let's be honest, there's a lot of variants on Poe plus three that don't involve three A-Wings. Right. Um, you know, you can take that under-costed big deal and then put two things next to Poe besides that, and you have a decent list. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that. And we're, you know, that's we'll get into the, the full meta breakdown and prep for Nova in a bit. But you know, in, in keeping with that archetype, we saw Whisper with Predator and Fifth Bro and three Mdars. Um, this is the same guy that introduced Vader and, and three Mdars to us up in Toronto, um, and he was in top four. So that, that list looks looks pretty effective. Yeah, that looks really strong. Interesting, you know, they, they, I hadn't actually seen Predator on Whisper before, but it's reasonable, right? That, just to help you guarantee that you're going to get that hit and make it more of an endgame threat. So, and then Imdars, did Imdar points change at all? I don't recall if they did. I don't think they did. Yeah. It's funny that this is the first time that we're really seeing Phantoms, like three Imdars in a list for the sense of the point just, I think. I might be wrong on that, but... Uh, you know, there was a, a three a, a three sigma list with Cask that I think made cut in Euros or at Euros or Germany, one of the two. Um, so someone thought that was useful. Right. That that's just the the jukes, and you have to get rid of the fourth uh, Phantom for just a Tie Fighter, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't seem anywhere near as as good as you know the original Boogeyman. <laughs> sure. I mean, you can run that list with uh, three sigmas and an Inquisitor just naked at 35 points. Um, so that's pretty solid. Good enough to get to make a cut, probably. Um, Taps are no good. What are you talking about? We all know that. Taps are <laughs> just garbage, right? Yeah, they are bad. Force, the one force charge is enough to make them good. I'll leave it at that. Um, and then uh, what, the other top four list that in Canada was a five times uh, Omega Fanatical Optics SCF, SCF, SF list. Um, so, I, you know, if... If you guys didn't see the streams of that, it was, uh, it kind of does what you expect it to do, right? Like it, it jousts and then everything too hard turns or flies by um, and starts using those rear arcs. So 
what's interesting with that particular build for for the SF is you just set the rear arc backwards and you never think about it again, right? That's all you're doing. Which is great because awesome. that having to use that white linked action was really really detrimental in the first place. <laughs> well, well, but it kind of is though, right? Because like if you have it forward for the gunner, um, it, it causes some problems because you can't, you know, you you have to you have to action to get it to to shoot backwards, right? So. That fanatical optics build just kind of locks you into like using the dial, and you don't have to think about anything else. Um, anything else from Canada you guys want to highlight? I think those were those are the ones that I saw. No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, no, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I brushed over, I breezed over Canada. I was watching some of the other streams this entire weekend. So fair. Um, I, I would say that the stream games for Canada were probably my favorite from the weekend. Um, so if you get a chance to go back and catch some of that stuff from the the VTTV live. There's some really good games to check out. I know we don't have it listed here, but do we want to talk about um, the team championship at all? No. No. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Spain won, right? Ah, uh, yes, they did. All right. So I don't want to really talk about it. I just want to say that I love just the format. Like, I felt like it was like, you know, the Olympics and... um. You know, I wasn't able to follow the games because I was at work for a lot of it. But, you know, I'm checking in throughout the day to try and figure out how America's doing. I just I loved like that connection I felt to it, even if I didn't have a lot of time to watch it. <laughs> then USA came in six, right? Uh, six out of 20. They did. Yeah. Yes. We'll get them next year. I'm uh, with you on the format thing that like team team formats are kind of cool. They, they like force all kinds of weird list building. And I like that part of it. Maybe one day we'll have a Liberty Cup. But that would be awesome. Could do one locally, yeah, that'd be fun. With right. random Yaz. Yeah. The Liberty Cup will be the Randy Random Yasby League. And you yeah. have to go with that. Let um, Gritty Gok decide. Gritty. Gritty will decide all of this. Alright, so let's move on to our Nova prep coming up. Uh we have Nova coming up this next weekend. We're super excited. We've got a whole entire army of Liberty Squadron folk coming down. Um, so we're doing a little bit of prep. We're kind of looking into what the meta, as far as we can see right now, and like trying to practice this as far as what we what we need to run in order to be ready for this event. Um, so we, I shouldn't say we, because I know Chris compiled a huge list of this, of just different archetypes, uh, the bitch, engages, priority strategy. Um, do we want to kind of like break this down as per just... Oh. Right off the bat, or do we want to go through each list? Yeah, I mean, like, it's fun just to talk about the list and, like, what our plans are, right? So we can do that. Sure. Um, we won't, we, I won't, you know, we're not going to read the whole thing, I don't, I don't imagine. Um, Maybe, like, our it, expertise in that list or anything like if we've run Sure, it. yeah. And, like, we, we, we've done this a couple of times, right? Where, like, before all of us go to a major tournament, we just kind of recap, like, the things that are out there and how to approach it and what it's trying to do. Um, yeah. So some of this might end up being a little bit redundant, but... I like doing this like the week before a, a tournament anyways. Um, it gives you a nice refresher to remember what you're going to see and just different things. Yeah, and how to, and hopefully how to approach them. The problem is that like a lot of the things that I, I you know, previously thought were correct and how to deal with certain archetypes are still wrong, and I didn't figure out any other way to approach it. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, for the listener's benefit, be aware that the stuff we're going to talk about here, like, None of us really know for sure everything that we're talking about. Um, it's just it's our best just guess. Some tips and tricks. Yeah, it's like it's like tips and tricks that you should probably actually like validate before you you know 
use them in a game and then you know find out that there was the absolute wrong decision right. um for lack of a better term like these are things that you kind of like want to look at and be like oh i didn't know it could do that or i didn't know it was going to yeah basically do that these are these are the simple things to remind or remember right so just right off the bat and we've we've done this for the hyperspace trial so i don't want to like go back into all the things that ketsu does and ulti we talked about that a lot but maybe instead of that um it's good to talk about versions of that list that might have a different third ship you know i think people have seen cavill and they've maybe seen talonbane it's possible that nim could be in that list or seriously right uh so you know without getting into too much of the counterplay like how would Sirisu or Nim sort of change the way that you approach that list, or does it? Like, are, are you still working kind of in the order of dealing with Old Tarok, um, you know, first if you can, and then, you know, whatever they, they give you? Or, you know, if Sirisu's in the list, do you target Sirisu right away? Yes. Is that uh, just, just you, a definitely? <laughs> yeah, no, no. You, if you see an M3A on the table, chances are you probably want to blow that up first. Um, I, I was thinking a lot about this list, um, I, I, doing head sims. I know we all do it. And I was thinking, do I just try to blow up old T first if I can? And I think if I can, I would. But um, Sarasu adds a lot to that function. Like, I think if she is there, you blow her up first. Like, you, things to remember with this list. Like, they want you to blow up Cavill. They want you to blow up Nim. They want you to blow up um Ketsu and then old Terok is then kind of turns into his ace the Fang Fighter ace that he can turn into. So way I look into this is if I have the possibility to kill Old Terok or if Sarasu is in that mix, I'm killing them first. Okay. So I'll it I'll say that's that. fair. It's fair I guess. I like I don't have a huge number of reps against it. I think I played against it twice, maybe three times. Um and each time I tried to get old T at range two early on, and then very quickly realized that I couldn't because <laughs> it was just like I have to, they'd have to have really messed up to allow that. Mm -hmm. um, but if they do, right, like that's easy money because you can just half points old T right away, um, especially in that range two band. And that's true for any Fang fighter. And I guess the other thing to mention is that Ketsu does take damage pretty quickly um, and becomes more of a problem as the board state develops so you want to like against this list you need to be taking advantage or as much advantage of those turns before you're near rocks so every time i've kind of tried to engage against this right i'm like all right all of my ships need to be as far away from rocks and obstacles as possible even all the way out to range three of ketsu because ketsu if he does damage is going to put me on a rock yep. um so like that that whole kind of interaction is sort of where most of the counter strategy comes in, um, and then you just need to keep in mind that Ketsu is this kind of like big base lumbering ship that you can block. Even if you block it, it's still going to have the mod. Um, with Maul, it can opt into stress to get the mod back if it's defending multiple times. Right? I think I have that correct. Um, but you can still burn Ketsu down. So you know, like it's there's a really good stream game actually of. Uh, of that Kylo Quickdraw, Scorch, and Epsilon list fighting, uh, the kind of standard version of this Ketsu list. Uh, and you can see pretty much a lot of this play out and and some of the things that it can do. And, and you check out the Canadian Champs videos. You can find that good little resource. 
So, Chris, would for rock placement here, would you cluster your rocks to make it harder for Ketsu to move through on her large base, or do you pull them to your side to keep them out of the way so she can't tractor you? On yeah, um, it, it's tough, right? I think when I've played against it, I've put a whole bunch of rocks in one corner, and then because I bring gas clouds because I don't want to try, I just try to make sure that the clouds are where the rest of the engagement's going to take place. Um, so that that's kind of... You, I don't know if that is logical, right? But pretty much I'm trying to put you know the rocks that are most threatening to me, my list all in one spot, and then the rest of the obstacles that don't matter where I hope to engage. So, that makes sense. So since you just mentioned you bring gas clouds because you, you don't want to try, um, I, I guess one <laughs> thing I've been thinking about is are we in a meta right now that is shaping the obstacle selection that we bring? Like, for instance, I will not bring gas clouds to a hyperspace trial because I know there's probably going to be at least one TIE swarm that's doing really well that's going to benefit more from those gas clouds than I ever will. Um, here, TIE swarm's not as big of a concern, right? The main swarm we're going to see is probably either a sinker swarm or a vulture swarm that actually wants the rocks. Um, so I'm just wondering, have you guys thought about that at all? If there's any meta decision on that, or if it's just a yeah, what my list want? Yeah. So let me clarify. I'm I'm when I'm using Tavson, I don't want to try. Like I have oh. to have gas clouds because of Tavson because I just want my lanes. But the meta call right now is debris, and and that's again that's maybe popular opinion, but there's one obstacle that Jedi don't like, and it's debris. So I, I think that's a big part of it. It's pretty much that. You know, that opt-out turn that most Jedi are taking becomes like 5% more painful when they take a stress for doing it um, because they can't boost afterwards, right? So you just said debris, and I thought to myself, okay, Chris is crazy, but that's because I'm running Jedi. So I was like, <laughs> why, would, why would I want to bring debris? Why would I ever want to do yes. that to myself? Yeah, exactly. So I, guess, I guess I'm the one running the obstacle boogeyman right now, and that's why yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much it, right? I mean, there's a, and there's a couple swarms out there. Like, there's there's some vulture swarms that are going to start cropping up, and they're going to bring obstacles anyways, like rocks and things like that. Um, or I really actually don't know exactly what they bring, but I don't know. Obstacle choice right now, I think, just comes down to how much you want to deal with Jedi. Um, I don't. So, so we bring in debris. Sure. Yeah. Unless it like completely is a problem for your list, right? Then maybe don't do it. Mm. Um, I'll be. So, uh, moving through the rest of Scum, I, I don't want to talk about Boba. I just don't. So, you can keep going. Boba um, Gary, it's, you should know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk about the Blair Cartel, right? Um, before that showed up at Gen Con, we kind of thought it would be a thing, and um, turns out it really is. So, Torkoal, Sivor, and three cartels, that's, that's out there. Um, my, my thoughts on this are pretty simple, right? Uh, it's a bunch of low-initiative things. And it's an alpha strike kind of ordinance in quotes list. So anytime you're facing a list like that, you have two objectives, right? One is to engage in a way that prevents them from spending all the points they invested on that alpha from being useful. That's Torkoal. And two is to engage partially so you can stack initiative kills. So that's pretty much the drill here for me, right? Which is you need a first engagement where Torkoal doesn't have arc on anything. That could be just one of your ships taking a pot shot at the cartel could be ideally your entire list shooting at a cartel before Torkoal has anything in arc. Um, you can do that. Like that's the this, the Torkoal Swarm player would have to opt in pretty hard to allowing that, but I think there's ways to make that happen. Um, and then if you get that, that's the dream scenario. After that, you just want to start stacking up 
you know, just as much, as many initiative kills as you can. Um, of course, I'm speaking to this from the ace perspective, but all you got to do is be higher than I3 and you're doing this. Yeah, all right, so I've put Torkoal Swarm on the table a little bit in the past two weeks. And one of the things you really got to do, if you can't kill Torkoal in one turn, you should probably take out Seaver first. Like, he he's going to hurt this list. Or, like, he really is a key piece to this list, and he will drop if you shoot him. Um, so that that is one of the things to Can really we explain remember. that a little bit? Because people might not understand why. Like... And I also, to be clear, I don't know what the target priority is for sure. My, my first thought is get rid of Torkoal if that matters, but Seavor seems reasonable too. Okay, so... What's Seavor doing, though, that makes him dangerous? So what Seavor's doing is he is shooting first before all these other cartels. Um, and basically what he's doing is he's stripping any kind of tokens from the I-0 that Torkoal makes them. So he's basically saying we're going to kill this thing you you know he, he's he, kind of like the leader like he's the one that really is just like we're going to kill this thing everyone else shoot and now you have modded shots and he has no modded defense and it works because so, it's shooting first in the initiative order it, correct. it can choose to so but like i said i mean if you can kill uh siever absolutely do it like it's possible that you are bringing three things that are above i3 and be able to kill Seaver before he shoots. Um, so that, I think that would be my first target uh, for this list. So I guess the other comment with this um, is we maybe we're we're both kind of on two different sides of this in terms of target priority. I don't really know the answer to it. I mean, if but you it, if, if you know you can take Torkoal out, like I would probably suggest you doing it. But if you are in that like range of oh crap this thing might die which i mean you shouldn't be i would say um i would definitely say try to take out siever absolutely first because like i said he is if you go two rounds with siever shooting you might have two dead ships by you know the second engagement yeah so i guess my perspective on it is mostly what is the end game that i want so my end game involves having a ship remaining against some things that are moving first and are sad about it right um so as long as i can't be initiative killed then my end game looks good um but you know the the, the other kind of like small tactical thing to mention here just moving on from the target priority thing is is just the fact that these cartels are really dangerous at range one um you know like we talked about barrage bombers and wanting to be range one of those to deny the barrage rocket shot uh, you can't do that with these cartels, right? Like, you actually want to be range three. <laughs> Once you get into range one, they're throwing four dice. Um, that can be pretty uncomfortable real quick. So that's the other thing to keep in mind is that the cartels are a threat too. Um, even if they can't re reposition really well, eventually they're going to get range one or something. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, for our locals, I don't want to see like, or I'll probably be the player doing this. But if you're running a trench run variant, like don't just straight joust in and, and complain when your I-6 gets deleted, right? Um, that's on you, right? <laughs> like you need to get the right range control so that doesn't happen initially. Definitely, you're still going to lose one of your higher initiative ships, you know. But it's just, it's just about making sure the right piece of the puzzle is remaining against the right stuff towards the end of the game. Right, you, uh, you're going to have to identify kill boxes with this thing. Like, there's, I mean, a great thing to like really look at is Bio's heat map article about like where certain things are going to be, and like you really kind of want to like 
with something like this list, you can do something like where like the you, the small dude runs underneath the giant's legs and he kind of like fumbles himself. Like that's something I would kind of take a look at is identify where these heat maps are going to be and like these kill boxes are going to be and just avoid them like the plague if you can't really take out Torkoal. Um because that's what they're trying to set up for this. Yeah, I don't I didn't follow all the analogies but Yes, it's funny. Like, it, like I don't know what the heat map looks like where Torkoal and Seaver are all overlapping the same spot. But whatever that spot is, don't be there. Yeah. Right. Um, or you can be there depending on your list. Whatever. Too many generalities here, but it I'll just move on. Um, so moving moving to the rest of Scum, this is a little bit more like open ended. But I think what, going into any tournament, I I kind of think about what I expect to see from factions. And the, the archetype that I always expect some kind of some player to bring, some diehard, is scum control beef. So that's like a, usually a four ship variant um, of like just various scum lists, and it's all control pieces. And if all of their tricks work, I probably lose. <laughs> you know, like it's like Forlom and Paylob and a whole bunch of other stuff. And sort of similar to the the Seavor uh, Torical conversation where like if you see this kind of like crazy janky scum list with a bunch of control elements um, your number one mission in life is to just try to deny those control elements from from getting used right you'd rather like kind of take sort of generic normal shots from the list um, than than take to have to defend and then also you know deal with whatever you know tokens they're giving you right so it's super generic but like this stuff always crops up and kind of don't panic when you see it right i mean if, if you're bringing scum or if someone has scum like chances are they're going to be some kind of weird interaction that they deal with like that's what they do right so read the cards like definitely read the cards and and figure out what you're trying to prevent from happening um and then just a shout out to ig88 lists um all, all i'll mention is ig88a is still pretty good and is the engine of mods in a list so you know yeah. Deal with that based on how you want to. Um, so, what's next? Are we moving into Empire? Yeah, let's move on to Empire. This is all Brett. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brett, how do I fight against trip ace lists? If I see Vader and Sunter, what do I do? We've been uh, we've been you, over this before. You just shake their hand and and just go away. No, I mean you you got to try and take out one of the i sixes, right? Um, and if you have sense, that's going to be significantly easier. And if you don't, then you just really need to to know that dial extremely well um, and set up those kill boxes like you were talking about before. Um, you know, Suntir does not like to have multiple shots on him, and if it's a good player, that won't ever happen. Um, Vader, depending on which variant is is out there, um, you know, is willing to, to brawl a little bit, but if you can get enough shots on him, he will go down eventually. And, I mean, he just hits like a truck, so he would probably be my number one target priority there. Duchess is kind of a pain in the butt, but um, I don't like running Duchess without Fifth Brother. Um, and I feel like a lot of these lists are going to have Whisper with Fifth Brother. So Duchess, I'm not too worried about. I mean, when I, when the opportunity is there, I'm just going to, you know, try and nuke her in, in basically one turn. Uh, that's how I see it. Yeah, Duchess does take damage pretty quickly. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've talked about this one in the past. It's, you just don't want to be in that scenario where there's two I6s at the end game, right? That's the most important thing. Um, you know, there, there's a couple lists that don't mind that, but pretty much make sure one of the two Vader or Suntier dies. Uh, as far as variants, right? Just just to rattle a couple of things off, like 
you know, there's Rex and two Phantoms that we saw, which is a really cool list. Um, Vader, Suntir, and Duchess is out there, but there's also like, you know, there's versions of this now that have like Vader, Suntir, and Grand Inquisitor, right? And I don't know if that's a real list or not, but it's, you know, that I think that has room for sense and some other stuff. Um, so, you know, the, the main thing to mention is the way that most of these lists engage is they're kind of flanking and recycling. So you're stuck in that kind of situation where everything besides Vader kind of has escape routes. And you're going to get to a point in a game where they're kind of giving you one ace and then, you know, whatever one you threatened is probably the one that they gave you kind of pieces out for a couple of turns. Um, so a lot of it comes down to like really correctly identifying when that moment in the game arrives where you need to switch targets. Um, and this applies to like pretty much any ace list. It applies for sure against Republic. But like what you start shooting at against a trip base list isn't always what you shoot at next, right? And that's that's sort of where a lot of the decision making comes in, where maybe if you set up the engage in such a way that you can immediately chase whatever their escape route is, then great, right? Then you just chase that thing down and you destroy it. Um, but but that whole concept of like if Suntir and Whisper out on the table and you start shooting at Whisper, like be aware that Whisper might just peace out and cloak for a couple turns and you might need to turn back in at the other thing that's flanking. Um, and there's no like cheat code to this, right? You really have to feel that out in the game against the list. But there is one cheat code, which is that now we're also used to playing against Jedi, that playing against Suntir, who's stressed and you know has a much more limited dial, it's it just seems like a much easier game to, to play against because we're used to worrying about so many more options now that you know the the twos all the twos the the three straight and the four straight are really not that hard to plan around anymore yeah like you know it, it pains me to say this but you can draw some soon tier players into the rocks like that works against swarms it also kind of works against soon tier because he can't he can't fly over a rock and leave um so like there, there's stuff like that like and we've talked in the past about ways to counter aces moving last and all that applies for sure uh, any other specific trip ace archetypes to mention? I mean, I, like this is, uh, it's out there and it's going to be popular, right? Like it just won Germany, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's, and it's always popular, right? Like I feel like it's a lot of people's go-to archetype. I know it usually is for me. Um, I'm just not too excited right now about the, the three I could put together, but um, no, I think the, the ones you're talking about are the ones we're going to see, you know, just maybe instead of Vader, it's going to be Whisper. You know, I think those two can just be, so Inter interchangeable, I guess. So not yeah. not triple aces, but uh, what do you think of Tyler Tippett's uh, Vader soon sense Vader Suntier and Academy pilot blockers? Like that's kind of like it's really good against Jedi, right? Um, and I, I like the list, and it's very effective blocking. But I, I don't, how do I put this? Like, I think in his hands, it's an excellent list, and I've seen it put in a lot of work. I just I don't see it getting adopted that much, you know. And maybe that's because people like don't believe in the TIE Fighters in Extended. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, right? Where it's like there can be a really power list in, in hyperspace that like people just don't adopt in Extended. That feels like that list is in that category. No, I definitely feel that. Um, I get exactly what you're saying. Like just going over like the TIE Swarm, like I don't expect to see that many TIE Swarms on Saturday. But I, at the same time, like it might be okay. Um, are there better options? Sure. Like, I know we have people testing it locally, right? Which is kind of what I, I mean by not offending people, right? Like, it's it, I think it's a good list. I really do. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't see a lot of people opting into it for Nova, right? Yeah. 
um, as far as fighting against it, like it's it's really good as a, as a counter to a lot of aces lists. So it, it is it's the kind of thing where if you're bringing an aces list, you got to be comfortable with the fact that you're going to get blocked a lot. Um, and there, there's you know there's that whole jousting element of the tie fighters that take they take a while to 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 remove from the table. And we were just talking about it of getting you know not allowing an end game where Vader and Sunter are still there. It's kind of what that list does, right? It just like guarantees that Vader and Sunter are in the end game. So from that perspective, it's pretty solid. It's just, it's the kind of thing where like, because it has TIE Fighters, like people shy away from it because they just want their third ace, which maybe is wrong. So what's the next archetype we're moving on to? Palp Aces? Uh, yeah, let's move on to Palp Aces. Okay. Um, so it's actually a reasonable transition, right? Because like the reason people are more comfortable with, you know, like Vader, Suntir, Palp, or Whisper, Suntir, and Palp is is just like on paper the reliability of like giving soon tier extra mods giving whisper extra mods all right but i this is something i tested a decent amount and was considering for nova and i've i've transitioned away from it purely because i want a kylo card i i don't know uh brett if you've kind of made that same transition but like i still believe in pal bases hatchet man's okay right there's a whole bunch of variants that still work um maybe i just have too many reps with tabs and i just don't want to run shuttles anymore i don't really know how to frame this one well i i did definitely make the transition as well um i was doing whisper soon and and one of the shuttles depending on what i was most afraid of um and i feel like it is a very very strong list um but i just i don't know if it's got enough legs right now where forces everywhere and I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to survive those, you know, four dice hits as, as consistently as they're out there. So I, I did get away from it. Not so much because of the card, because I want a Whisper card more probably than any of the other ones. But, um, yeah, I, I like Pal Bases and I want to fly it. Like, that's what my heart is saying to fly. But I just, I'm not sure if it's if it's really in a great spot right now with what else is out there. So ship counts are up a little bit. And they're kind of, or maybe they're trending down now that all these aces have had success. Um, but there are a couple of lists out there that are like high enough ship count that you start to pause. And it's like, all right, well, Soon Tier does have Lone Wolf and Stealth Device, but there's eight, there are eight ships on the table. Like, I don't know if I can avoid all of that. So, talking about what it's like weak against is, you know, realistically, it's got a Lambda Shuttle and two aces. So, you know, you can you can carve out a significant chunk of their MOV pretty early on if you if you take care of one of the aces. Um, most of the time, I try to take the palp shuttle down first, unless soon is doing something really dumb. Uh, but a lot of the times in a list like this, as far as counterplay, you know, you just you, you kind of want to take care of that palp shuttle. It's particularly true if you're dealing with like a defender, anything that's got the full token stack. So whisper certainly qualifies, right? Or as long as that shuttle's on the board. The ace player can opt into not taking damage against like one or two shots. Um, so those are the scenarios you want to avoid, right? Where you're only taking one shot at an ace who's got, or you know, two shots even, where they've got all the backing of those tokens, um, and you're not going to be able to crack that. So, yeah, I, I think generally speaking, I go for that palp shuttle as, as fast as possible. Are you sure? <laughs> It depends on how the board state develops, right? Yeah. But if I see an if I see an ace player that's really effectively, you know, kind of just choosing their escape routes with the list, 
they okay. kind of a lot of times you have no choice of just what what they present to you is the lambda shuttle yeah right and if they do like you just carve that out and and it's a, it's a difficult situation but once it starts reinforcing that can become its own trap so sure this isn't like the bible say. right but yeah it's, it's just, just, it's just, you can't, you don't want to be in a spot where you have the Lambda shuttle and one of these aces on full health at the end of the game. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. That makes sense. Reinforce does just help keep the shuttle alive so much longer, though. It's, right. It's such a great addition. Yeah. And it's, it plays into its strength, right? So, like we said at the start, that there's no, like, there's no 100% answers to all of this. Um, you know, like if, if, if Soon is kind of opting into various jousts, then, like, by all means, take that thing off the table. Yeah. Um, it really depends on how invaders in a similar space too. Where like if the list has Vader, I uh, regardless of the fact that the pop the palp shuttles around like Vader, you just like the trip ace variants. He takes damage. You can you can get that MOV if you want it. No, I agree with that. Like every time I see a Vader across from me, I just have the urge to kill it. <laughs> it's a lot. Of, it's, a, it's a little MOV pop. Yeah, he just he goes down swinging. Right, yep. that's kind of his deal. Um, and sort then- of. If I ever have the opportunity to kill Zootier, I try it. But it never happens. Yeah. So um, do you want to skip right past the, the Phantoms lists? I don't really want to talk about those. Yeah, uh, I was going to say this. If we want to talk a little bit about Rack, and then, like, I mean, Swarms are kind of Swarms. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, so one thing I guess I should mention, just so people are aware of it, is if you run into a Sloan Swarm, um, I think the instinct is to destroy the Sloan boat as fast as possible, and that's... That's sometimes correct, depending on what it's on. But just just to mention, what the what are the other alternatives there is to sort of split fire against a bunch of the other ships that are in the Sloan list, and then remove like multiples of them in the same turn. So that can feel bad because you end up with like a giant stack of stress on a ship. But those are kind of like your two choices, right? Like you can you can go all in at destroying the Sloan carrier, or you can kind of build up uh, damage onto you know a, a multiple ships and then have one turn where everyone's sad it, um, it kind of reminds me of like an old school rpg where it's just like things split off or like when you kill one thing it uh becomes stronger and stronger like the other things become stronger where it, the idea is to kind of like either aoe or just kill everything at the same exact time within seconds of each other and kind of yeah. just like like verse like it seems like a solid strategy i mean like granted you might be leave, leaving things alive but you're also kind of denying them that stress um, bonus right. that they'd be getting. Yeah, and like again, if you can, if it's on like a Reaper, right? Like you just kill the Sloan Reaper because sure. you can. It's no big deal. If it's on a Decimator, a little bit, little, little bit more of a problem, yeah. right? Like you're you're not killing that quickly. Um, it's sort of the same thing with the Lambda Shuttle, and it kind of, it's all actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so one other, I guess we should we should we have to hit this. Um, the the Jendin two concussion inks and the and the Grand Inquisitor with sense of concussion so that one that one euros right yep I suspect that's going to be pretty popular right is that the exact same list as Matthew carries at Gen Con penny for penny I think this one had jamming beam I don't know if his did <laughs> um, but yeah uh, that was well, a good meta call with jamming beam definitely good call um, so I I have not played against this to be honest like. What do you what do you guys think about this list? How do you how do you fight it? So I played against it on yes. Saturday. I'm sorry, Andrew. No, um, go ahead. And it wasn't exactly this, but it, it was close enough. Um, 
Now, I will say the guy I played against, uh, it was his first time running it, so he definitely didn't put up the, the best showing with the list that, that anyone could. Um, but, boy, those things are just a, a giant pain in the butt to take out when they have the force and the the evade. Um, I just made sure I focus-fired everything. Uh, I was running higher initiative Jedi, so I was just able to arc dodge. Um, I, I didn't have much trouble with it. I don't think I gave up a point um, at the end of the time. But, uh, you know, I, you just need to really know how those Inquisitors move around. Um, but I'm sure if it was against someone who had a lot of reps in with it, I would have had a much harder time. So, I guess a couple of things that maybe we should start with is, like, what is it doing? Right? So it's 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 target locking before things are in range. Right? That's number one. So that helps a little bit because it gives you a decent amount of information about the thing that they're, they're going to target lock, right, initially, based on the way that Gendon works. Right. So you can sort of use that to your advantage. The problem is that, like, there's probably a turn right around where the thing that they target locked is clearly not going to opt in, where they just switch locks to the thing that is, right? Like, it, like I think the way that this engages, it would allow a time for the Inquisitors just, just to retarget lock. Um, and it's not the end of the world for them even to kind of kind of just do that on like the second round, right, of, of, of movement. Um, so I, it feels like there's a little bit of a chess match going on there where whatever they target lock initially, you're trying to communicate to them in a way that kind of confuses them. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but that feels important. And then as far as other stuff that it's doing, right, like those things turn into really intense blockers with sense. And once you start getting damage cards, they start stacking crits on you, which is, is not good. <laughs> so basically, like, I, I, my, I think what you described there, Brett, of like, f whatever you shoot at, focus fire, these Inquisitors should die with enough guns on target, right? Like, it's not, if it's one or two shots, they're, they're not going to die. But if you got your whole list firing on one Inquisitor, generally speaking, you should be able to put in really serious damage to it, right? That was my experience for sure. So is that the the main thing then is just to make sure that you you know you kind of chew through all the concussion missile platforms as fast as possible? Yeah, uh, I mean, we know my opinion on concussion missiles. I think they're great, and I really think you hit the nail on the head. Where as soon as you they chew through the shields, you're, they're going to start stacking crits on you. Um, my opinion on where to go up against it is maybe trying to. In initiative kill one or two of these things i'm definitely trying to kill these inquisitors off um before the shuttle definitely because that thing's just kind of like in there to take up space and get those uh three days pot shots but um it's going to be hard like you have to remember that they're basically double modding three dice attacks at you with no range bonus at range three so it, it's something that you might want to range control a little bit, but if you can initiative kill one or one of these down, like definitely do it. Well, so let's talk about the range control though, right? So there is no like the trouble with it is that it starts with the target locks, right? Sure. Um, so it's kind of just you treat it as like if you're in arc of them, it's throwing three dice. Uh, once you get into range one, it feels like it's a little bit better, but at that point you're in kind of bump city, right? Right. <laughs> so. How important is it to take the sensed Grand Inquisitor off the table, right? Like, is that is that something you should be prioritizing, or is that a bit of a trap? So, I mean, all right, so one of the things you have to remember about the Grand Inquisitor is he's more than likely spending that charge to deny you that range one shot also. Um, 
so that's something to consider. I think at the same time, like, if I can, like, all right, so when I say range control, I don't mean anything about, like, target locks or anything like that. But I, I think at the same time, like, I, I'd rather be at range two with these things rather than range three at all times. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. you definitely don't want to be taking range three shots at them. Sure. Um, the entire game. Because at range three, they their durability goes up considerably, right? Yeah. That's fair. Um, but, so, but as far as, as target priority, I guess... I haven't seen too many of the games. Like, it seems important to get like the, the i five Grand Inquisitor feels like it's a big part of their win condition. But the other thing that this does is it just kind of goes to time fairly well with a couple of things on half points. So I mean, like you have um, so it's two Inquisitors and then the Grand Inquisitor and then a shuttle. Um, if you can take one of those Inquisitors down, like I, I think it hurts the sense combo a lot because now you okay. only have one. Uh, yeah, it's a good way to think about it. Yeah, right, right. Like, so no matter what you take off the board, you're sort of negating that sensibility slightly. Yeah. Um, so maybe the answer with this is just like, don't overthink it. Like, you know, you're going to probably lose something early on because it's an alpha strike. You just need to make sure that you're you're trading, right? You need to make sure that you're removing the the you know the one of the smaller ships, right? You're not going to start with Jendon. Right. That's for sure. Yeah, I think you ignore Jendon as long as you can. Yeah, the whole game, you really don't need to worry about them. But um, when these Inquisit- when the Inquisitors evade, you know, they can stack that evade with their Force token, and it can make them, I mean, from I didn't see any of the games, but from listening to Matthew Carey and other people talk about it, it can make them, I guess, surprisingly tanky, at least. Yeah, but and it's then, against a specific number of shots, right? I guess that's why yeah. we're saying you got to overwhelm that. In, I was just like looking at Gate of Storms, and it said uh, it takes five, three, three attack die focus shots to to do four point one three three damage. That sounds right. Which you know, which means you got to target that thing over consecutive turns, and then yeah. hopefully put half points into a ship. After you know the turn that you kill it will probably be the turn after the first engage, and ideally, you know, you can you can put shots in with something else, you know, um, so you can just start into dealing with one of the other Inquisitors. That, that was good, though. That's helpful. I, I, again, it's not a list that I've really thought too much about or even played against, so I, I think you know, even if most of this is wrong, it's just good to have thought about the mechanics of the list, right? That's helpful. Instead of uh, sitting down the first time and being like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> exactly. Um, All right. So let's... And, the, and the other thing is it's running at 200 points, so I shouldn't be too worried about you know Grand Inquisitor in the endgame, even though it's still a true endgame ship, right? Um, and with sense, it can do some things against your aces, but we don't have to get into that too much. Yeah. So, I think that's it for Empire. I don't really want to talk about Rack Whisper because I don't care anymore. Um, Just burn Rack down. Yep, and we've talked enough about Inferno Swarm. Yep. So, so before we move on to First Order, just uh, I guess two other comments to make. Um, we did just sort of dismiss targeting the Lambda in that Concussion Inquisitor list, but I guess one thing not to underestimate here is the fact that it's tossing out coordinates and coordinate tends to pair really really well with sense um so i I don't know if that changes target priority at all but at minimum it's something to be worth you know it's it's worth being aware of that uh as long as you know all the pieces are still on the table they actually function really well together and uh you know there's a little bit of a supernatural aces component going on there uh with that sense information makes sense and then you know the only other thing to mention is just i kind of have to 
be clear on that Vader Suntier uh, Tie Fighter list that like if someone's considering bringing that, like totally bring it. It, it it's kind of weirdly positioned for the meta right now and um, gives you decent matches against Jedi. So have to reemphasize that, right? Like it's it's definitely not bad. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, moving on to first order. Want to do that? Yeah, first order. Let's do this. Okay. So I, I mentioned that uh, Canada had a lot of cool lists. Like that that's a tournament worth looking at i don't know um if anything besides kylo tapson is truly broken um and broken in quotes right like kylo tapson just seems like it's the best archetype for the faction um and that hasn't changed and i haven't seen anything that's changed that for me um but but outside of that right like you have other things cropping up now like the five sf lists uh kind of a four ship or five ship even kylo list which are really fun and then quick draw with you know as many as many things next to it as as will fit. So, which which one do we want to start on? Let's start with your list, Kylo Tavson. Right off the bat, okay. it's not the set. <laughs> All right, cool. So I'm not. I don't think I'm taking it. If I change my mind on Thursday, maybe I will. But um, I th- just a couple of comments on this. I if you see kind of Kylo Tavson and Quick Draw, um, you know it really depends on how like the the board state develops as always, but. Quick draw is sort of easy money, where, you know, he, he goes down swinging and he's probably going to take you know some points with him. But if quick draw is in the list, um, you can sort of carve quick draw out early, and then do your best to ignore Tavson while you deal with Kylo. Um, and you know that's that's a more manageable end game than you know going after Tavson early on and Tavson is not going to die. Like Jonathan just rattled off some numbers that an inquisitor with a force charge takes more than one turn basically to kill, unless you got a whole bunch of ships in your list or some ordinance. Um, Tabson takes 10 shots with the reinforce. It could take 10, three focus or three dice focus shots. Right. Uh, so if you start trying to deal with Tabson, you're not going to finish that journey before Kylo and quick draw ruin your day. Um, so the target priority for me is really clear. That's not to say that Kylo doesn't sometimes just show up in really dumb places. Like Kylo has a little bit of zoom tier in him in that, you know, every now and then he's like trying to do this really fancy flank and it turns into a joust or he just jousts to begin with. Um, and the, the worst case scenario for most Kylo players is losing half points in their Kylo before they want to. Um, and I say worst case in quotes because I mean, it's a little bit goofy, right? Like essentially, if you look at it, Kylo almost never dies. So getting half points on Kylo is a huge win. Um, so if you have that opportunity, like early in the early game, to make that happen, go for it. Um, but but realistically, you just deal with anything but Tapson is the best advice. Um, and just be aware that if like you know you manage to be out of Tapson's arc, he's eventually probably going to get arc. Um, but just don't don't allow him to have those double mods. Sure. Um, one so, of the things. I, I, I just want to touch up on, like, with quick draw. If you can, like, take off all those shields and, like... I know you said he's pretty easy to carve out, but, like... Holy crap, if you can take all them shields down in one turn, do it. Just to re- yeah. refresh yourself on that. I mean, I know that probably sounds self-explanatory, but... Think no, of your target priority... Not target priority, but your target order. And, like, if you have those options, like, I, I would look at that. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's worth mentioning, right? Like... Yeah. A lot of our local players are are new to the tournament scene and didn't really play 1.0, so they don't know that like they don't know that old rule of if you're targeting quick draw, make sure that you rip the bandaid off. Yep. You know, 
Um, and it's definitely a case like that where you know you want you want those shields gone. Even if Quickstar doesn't die, as long as those shields are gone, that helps a little bit. Although, of course, that does turn on Fanatical, so it causes other problems. Um, but you just have to deal with it. So, I, one other thing to mention is, um, you know, the coordinates from Tavson are really powerful. So if you don't target Tavson, he's still functioning, even if he's not taking shots, he's going to be doing things in the list that are really effective. So, that's I, again, this, doesn't, this isn't a cheat sheet. It's just to make people aware of certain things. Um, you know, even if you get out of Tavson's arc, he can jam you. And he can coordinate to fuel the other two things in the list. Um, and then I, you know, we, we should also mention that the what might be the best version of this list is Kylo and two Upsilon still. Um, and that, you know, while we have all kinds of new kind of rules around fortressing and things like that to prevent it, um, the first couple rounds it can still self bump in a corner, right, waiting for things to develop. Um, so if you see that, uh, you, you kind of need to be really smart about how you're going to approach that um it is possible to sort of put the pedal to the metal and and close in on that fortress before it breaks and get behind them but that's really risky um, any decent kind of kylo and two upsilon player is going to call you on that and you're going to be dealing with at least one four dice shot right um so if you see the the two ewing variant just be prepared that they're gonna they're gonna stall um in the first two rounds uh, thanks to you know, Heaver who was was on last week, right? Um, you probably won't have to deal with that for infinite rounds, which is helpful. So, any other questions on this one? I guess uh, you no, know, Kylo. I feel like Kylo we've covered FO a lot. I don't, I don't know who's to blame for that. Um. It's me, right? <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> there's the only other archetypes I guess to touch on are. Uh, you know the the five SFs, right? Yes. And and this has some parallels to the five A wings. Um, it trades sort of the ability to boost for a little bit of health, right, or less agility based durability. Um, so yeah, I, with that list, I think you just kind of have to deal with with removing one at a time, right? Getting half points where you can, um, and just being thoughtful about how they're setting up their rear arcs, right? I. We talked in the past, Brett, about how much of the 5 A-wing list was about the first round of combat, where that's the hard part for that player. The rest of it is relatively straightforward. Um, so, you know, just like any other game, like, if you make that first round of combat a little bit less useful for them, then once they start setting up their rear arcs, it's still good, but they didn't get as much damage early on as they would have wanted. I really like this 5 SF list a lot i mean it packs a really good punch and it's what 30 health right off the bat um but one of the things i, I want you to make aware of is that you, it is 100 possible with this many ships to be able to shoot maybe one or two of them where some of them aren't are, are not going to be getting shot so i would try to set up stuff like that you, you follow yeah and there's different variants right right like you have the 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 five cluster missile version, which is a lot like uh, five Y wing with uh, veteran turret gun. Right. Where there's like specific range bands, but I think the good version is the one we talked about earlier, right? Sure, sure. But what I'm saying is, like, I think also with these things, they're they're not as maneuverable as the A wings, and I think that's what you have to kind of capitalize on. Is with the A wings, they're boosting and barrel rolling and stuff like that, where these things are just doing the barrel roll, where the yeah. boost I think loss is huge. They are where they are, right? And and you kind of know what their dial looks like um a lot of times the one that takes damage is going to go quickly and um you know if you watch some stream games of these things 
they're like weird board states where like and the same thing happens with five a wings where like eventually it feels like there's a bunch of little fights going on with like individual ships um and this this has a little bit of that going on as well where it has a hard time keeping all of the ships on one target so it'll opt into you know just taking pot shots of whatever it can with those rear arcs but a lot of times that means the list can't focus fire um so I, I, Brett, I don't know if you experienced this with five A wings, but like because everything kind of disperses, it's possible for your opponent to like opt into one side of the rear arcs, and everything else that pieced out, like just I don't know, shooting at something else. That definitely does happen. Where generally I find that I break them off in like two on one side, three on the other when I'm having to, to get back around, and you know the good player will anticipate that and make sure that they're engaging when I'm as weak as possible um so and I, I think it would happen even more with this where you don't have the boost to, to get around even quicker yeah and, and you can kind of overwhelm these you don't have to deal with kind of the spike agility right like you still have those weird t65 to evade turns where it's like well i guess i'm taking another turn to kill this but it's not quite the same like heroic into three evade stuff that happens with the a-wing yeah, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can get that kind of consistent damage, right, on these guys, which is helpful. Um, so, yeah, I, not much more to say on, on First Order. I have tons of thoughts on uh, Kylo plus three, four, and five, but we'll share those another time, um, not specific to Nova or anything, just about archetypes and things. Yep. We'll share those um, after Chris wins Nova. <laughs> well... I, again, I, I kind of said much spiel. I think that if you're considering FO, just take Kylo and Tabs and don't overcomplicate it. But, you know, there's other options. Look to Canada. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, Republic. <laughs> the real All shining right. stars of the... Uh, of everything. So if anyone has a clear answer on how to fight triple, uh, you know, Republic lists or regen Republic lists, I think you might figure out the meta. So go. Uh... I got nothing. Um, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So, like, my list for Nova is set in stone, and, like, I, I just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time kind of, like, doing, like, like I said, I, I'll sit there and do head sims, and it's just, like, when I, when I think about Jedi, like, I just have a hard time okay. really so, so that's how, it. Yeah, that's how everyone's feeling right now, right? So let's let's move past the Republic is, like, the boogeyman, right? Because it is. <laughs> There's no question. Like right now, like I ask people sometimes, it's like, you know, what is, what's the one thing right now in the meta that you're upset about? And the only answer I ever get is like regen, and sense, and some like sometimes Jedi, but not really. Like everyone says that, and then they qualify it with, but I'm having so much fun. Um, so like just kind of set that aside. Like this is clearly the boogeyman right now, right? Like people just are trying to figure out how to deal with Jedi. And I don't know if that's actually going to be the case long-term for the meta. It's just right now, yeah. right? Like, we might be overemphasizing how good this is. Maybe not. I, we'll see in a couple of weeks when we get more cut data. Um, but as far as how, do you, how you fight it, I think you got to start with the variants on the list that you're going to see. So you're going to see Anakin and Obi-Wan, both with regen, or Obi-Wan with sense and R2-A6, and then filler. So in Europe, we had two Anakin-Obi regen trooper lists with one, one gold squadron trooper. goes like make the cut, one was 6-0, one made it to the final table, right? Um, so that's that's an archetype that, you know, people might be picking up for next weekend. It's short notice, but maybe they will. Um, you'll see versions that have Rick in there, right, with with the two Jedi. Um, 
you know, and then you know, you even have kind of Zach's variants where it's just six five five and two CLT. Um, so all this stuff is sort of kind of operating with similar wind conditions, and and even the the four ship version lists that've got have got like OB Rick and and two arcs or or OB and three arcs. Um, I don't know if I missed any of the major players there, uh, Brett. You maybe you've got uh, other other kind of variants of the three ship or four ship Republic archetypes to mention here. No, I think you named them all. I mean, there's a lot of fun options. Yeah, it's like crazy. You can plug and play, right? Like, I wish there was a way in the Yasby calculator to like, or the Yasby uh, random maker, just to like restrict which ships are involved, because you can just sort of mix and match like a like a specific set of six, and you get a usable list out of Republic um, specific pilots. I mean, but I guess moving on to like how it engages, right, um, or what it's trying to accomplish. I think it's very well known that. Jedi are trying to lose. First of all, they're 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 trying not to lose half points at any point. But if they're going to, and they accept the fact that they're probably going to, they want that to happen at the right moment. So either it's kind of early and early on where they can disengage and regen and get back to full. But ideally, they want to lose that half point sort of like late, so they can regen it back right at the end of the game. And it's like magically, all of a sudden, this MOV comes back and they win, right? Um, now, I don't think if you talk to any Jedi player that they're like actively figuring that out in every game, but it's in their mind, right? And and uh, you know, it's something that as the player fighting it, you just have to be conscious of that. You know, when you force them to burn those regen charges, matters. And if you have the opportunity to have them spend both of those charges very early on, um, that might be worth it, just because it, it sort of. It sort of it lets you know what the board state is and what the what half points actually looks like, um, you know, just within the fifteen minute mark, right? Um, so, any thoughts on that? Where it's like we'll get into target priority in a moment, but like the timing of when the regen takes place seems to matter. It definitely does because th this is an expression you say a lot. It turns it into a game once the regen is gone, right? Like then you just know. Here, here are the number of damage cards I need to, to put on ships in order to get my win condition. Um, where when you have that that regen, and I mean, I think we saw this with, with Carson Ray at, at Gen Con. I mean, he just won the game because he regened right there on the last turn. Um, if you give them that opportunity, the Jedi are so fast and so maneuverable that they will be able to get two turns probably right at the end of the game if they want it, where no one's taking any shots. Um, so yeah. timing is yeah. definitely very important. And I might be overemphasizing that. Like the other way I've heard people describe this is like, don't count that MOV until you have it, right? And that's that's maybe the best way to think about it is, like, you haven't actually gotten half points until you really have it. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, it's like watching uh, your defensive uh, fantasy football team score, right? Like you start out with ten points, but those are those are not real points. That's how I think of it. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Um, so, so other things that it's trying to accomplish, right? It's trying to get you to take bait. So in these lists, bait is usually in the form of like Rick, right? Who's just out there with a the focus evade and three agility. Um, or, you know, it might be uh, one of the Jedi actually, you know, is just kind of flanking in a way and kind of daring you to chase it. Um, and it's, what's what's frustrating for a lot of people, I think, is that it sort of changes which, which of the things in the list you have to stop trying to shoot. Um, so we talked about this with like, any ace list with even the empire versions um, with this it's even more apparent so like early on against a lot of these lists I, i've kind of boiled it down to 
am I going to try and target one of their end game pieces to try and force them to spend some of those regen charges, right? And force the disengage? Or am I going to start immediately dealing with the rest of their list? So when you see like multiple arcs, one of the things that you can consider is to just deal with that and get those points in your pocket um, just immediately, right? Don't even don't even try to to you know take care of, of Obi or try to threaten Obi. Like just just go and get the MOV that you know you can and then see what's left over. Uh, but of course it's more dynamic than that, right? So like the best thing you can do is 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 threaten the flanking ace while you are working through the rest of the list. Um, this is really specific, I guess, to the arc uh, variants where you can do this. But the trap that you want to try and avoid is like uh, chasing down the regen thing and not switching targets when you probably should, um, or you know just starting on the wrong target. So the, it, you can probably sense that there aren't a lot of clear answers here, and that's kind of because there aren't. Like, like it's 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 all recycling. Um, the, the the difficult part is that a lot of the good versions of this now have both Anakin and Obi Wan, so um, it's similar to sort of the the two I six Empire lists where they kind of have two endgame pieces. But what's unique is that Vader isn't a very good endgame piece outside of the fact that he can push tons of damage through. Um, this has two mobile things that can can function in the endgame. Uh, so Anakin's probably a little bit worse in in some cases. Uh, but since Obi Wan isn't anything to scoff at. Anything we want to say about dealing with Rick? I think we know you can range control that and block relatively easily. Um, we already mentioned debris. I just, maybe this is a little bit maybe like. We're just saying that these things are going to go up in cost, right? Because we don't have very good suggestions here. <laughs> um, if we want to talk about Rick, I think just I don't know. Like Rick just sometimes feels like a trap to me. Like uh, he kind of like goes in, hits hard, and then runs out. Um, it's one of those things that if do you even bother shooting him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sort of similar to the Regen Jedi, right? Right. Um, I guess. I guess with Rick, like you're really, you kind of know where he's going to be. What I keep seeing Rick players do is they go fast, and then their opponent will take advantage of that and either build a box for them to like five straight into, um, or or block them. Uh, but then, like the flip side of it is, you just don't want to get stuck in that kind of token stack, uh, kind of target priority problem because it will regen. Yeah. So. Yeah, Rick's just Rick feels more manageable in the end game, so there's really not too much wrong with leaving him alone. Yeah, and um, he's so cheap in points that you don't need to have that much left of your list, where you can just leave him and still win. And he can get half points on him relatively easily. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I think I'm with you guys that Rick in general is a trap for the, the the player fighting against it, and Rick might be a trap for the player using him. I don't know yet. Um, so, the, I mean, the big piece of this to solve is really target priority. That depends on how the engage develops and knowing when to switch targets again. And prepare to play to the end game, right? Like, a, a Jedi player did not bring these. They're, they're going to end a lot of games before time is called, but they're prepared to go to time. Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. Uh, even, like, watching the final of Euros today, like, that game basically went to time. Like, I think there was, like, 10 minutes left, and that's a two-hour game. So... Not surprised. Yeah, you should really be aware of their win condition. 
Like, they're not there to blow up your entire list. Like, they're there to damage regen and, you know, go to time. Like, I think that is one of the big things that people need to really kind of, like, remember is is that. Is because they're looking to win on a certain condition. And you have to remember that. Because if you don't, then before you know it, you're not going to be able to catch up. It can snowball. Um, I guess some other specific things, right? Like we already talked about debris, and I, I keep joking that obstacles don't matter, but they they kind of do. Like, you know, it it is still technically a win if you force a Jedi to fly over an asteroid because they could take damage, um, and they they only you know can do the boost or the roll and have the force charges. At least they can't lock or evade. Um, so as far as like actual counterplay, like a lot of the same things still apply. Where if you can. If you can get them into an engagement near around rocks where they can't reposition because of the rocks, that's useful um, and is, is something you know worth doing. Uh, and then you know the other piece of it is that they they, they will K turn. Um, just be aware of that, right? Like it's a lot of aces that you fight won't. Um, these things are going to do a five K or occasionally sloop, particularly mace. Um, so you, you can block that, and that actually matters. Because if you block that type of turn, um, it's facing the wrong way, and it has a stress. Yep. So th- that is useful in its way. Yeah, and then you know if you see them overusing kind of target locks at close range with your list, punish them for that, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna use those target locks because they can and they want to get damage through. But when you see that turn developing, where you can tell that the the Jedi players like opting into a trade and they're going to rely on their alpha strike to do some damage and get the trade they want followed by the regen um it's not exactly the same as quick draw but like when that turn happens make sure they pay for it um because ideally they're burning you know both of the regen charges for the shields and maybe you're in the hole right like that's it's 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 like luke where if you focus on luke he actually does take damage eventually (laughs) um these things do that on a delay right where all the defensiveness is coming from the regen but take advantage of those turns where they allow you to have some shots yeah those turns are bad <laughs> they're bad for them and I, you know like the, the hard part is that they like it's part of some jedi player strategy right where like they they know they can regen so they accept these sort of weird jousts right um but you can sort of you can make that more of a problem than they think it is all right um so i'm tired of jedi because it's just making my <laughs> head hurt I, I really hope i don't come across any but Chances you are will. probably will. You definitely um, will. Yeah. Round so, one, Andrew. You and I, it's what we do. Yeah, right round one. Uh, <laughs> big tournaments. Yeah. Me versus Brett. And then we'll final salvo. And then do you want to talk about Sacred Beast? Yeah, let's talk about some Rebels. No, I don't or, want to talk about Rebels. Sink, well, let's let's hit Sinker Beast real quick before we get okay. to other stuff. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of have a biased opinion against this because most of my games against it have been with Tavson. So I don't I don't know that I'm allowed an opinion because that's just, it kind of solves that pretty easily. <laughs> um, but I, most of what I'm doing against this is sort of trying to set up an end game that Kylo doesn't mind. Um, that's probably true for a lot of Aces lists. And, you know, there's a couple different versions of that where if, if I'm dealing with a couple of torrents at the end of the game, I'm all right with that. Um, if I save Sinker for the end game, I'm I'm okay with that too. I so I, you know it's it's another one of these situations where you don't want to opt into its alpha strike early on, and you just you got to start making trades and dealing with it. I agree. Um, I, I've gone up against a Sinker Swarm 
a couple times and it is another one of those things that like you you can just pick things off um it's going to be hard to kill sinker so that might not be like the best engage but at the same time if you if you can't take him out do it like yeah so i guess the the one thing to be aware of with sinker is is uh you know he will opt out of taking shots just to set up the side arc so everything else gets the rerolls um so you can you can sort of take advantage of that too right because it just means you're taking fewer shots yeah uh, and that, that's like, you know, if, if the Jedi kind of opting into range two uh, bands, which they're vulnerable in, or range one even kind of turns, if that's a critical turn where you have to do damage, like the turn where Sinker maybe turns away from you so that everything has rolls, you, that's also pretty critical that you're you're putting some serious heat on those torrents, right? And luckily, we haven't seen too many of these things cropping up with Luminara instead of Rick. So I, I'm not really even thinking about that right now. Um, if Zach were on, he'd probably talk about Lumi. I know he, he was kind of raging about that a while back. Um, but we haven't seen the Lumi variant really in in any tournament. Yeah, and like you, every once in a while you see this thing making like top cuts. So it's nothing to scoff at, definitely. Um, but it, again, it is something that just wants to joust and really kind of put on that damage race. But I think at the same time, like you really can just pick off these torrents and like. I know it might sound easier than it is, but they, you know, will drop, but it, it can be hard to do because that five hole is, you know, one hole too many for these things. Um, it's going to time. Yeah. And that, that's going to be a theme for the next bunch of lists that we're about to go into, right? Like, um, we just talked about how Jedi are trying to go to time. They're various Imperial lists and First Order lists we already talked about. Um, but even going back to Kylo Tapson, like it's win condition is Kylo and Tapson don't die. Um, there are games that ends in 15 minutes, but there's a whole bunch of other games where it just it they, they always go to time with that. Sure. Sinker Storm's in a similar spot. It's just you don't have enough time to kill everything, so you just you need to build your strategy around that fact. That's not, you know, you're you're not trying to kill 200 points. You're you're trying to kill what you need, which is a great transition into everyone's favorite other faction that does that. What could that be, rebels? Yeah. Um, so my notes here are actually kind of goofy, right? Because Jonathan, your uh, your variant on Rebel Beef just confuses me. I don't know what to destroy. It's like Cassian and all that stuff. Oh, if you um, see Bigs, you always shoot Bigs first. Got it. But okay. I don't think you're going to see that many. I I don't know. Bigs hasn't been very popular in Second Edition, so I don't think you're going to see much uh, Rebels. Period. But I think you'll see even less if you see a Rebel list. I doubt you'll see Bigs in it. But if you see Bigs, always kill him. And if he's not there and there's a selfless carrier, you kill the selfless carrier. And then the rest of the order priority is normal. You just take care of Cassian and then Braylon. Yeah, or if you see if Wedge is there, kill Wedge. Or if you see a ship that you have to ask what the pilot ability is, or if it has a funny little model, you kill it, like a Sheathapede or something like that. <laughs> so pretty much kill everything. We don't know what the target priority is. <laughs> All right, so bigs first. Anything that shares damage, you always kill that first. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, Cassian, if he's relieving stress for Braylon and Leia and all that. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, the rest of that is really attacking from multiple angles, right? So that they can't get full use of the K turn and, and uh, you know, not really allowing them to focus fire. Because you can, right? If it's, if it really, that's the type of list where all, all four arcs are sort of pointing the same direction on the same vector most of the time. So you have to take advantage of that. 
And these new variations, anyone like these new variations on Rebel Beef or Four Ship Rebel, they're not nearly as jousty or efficient as they used to be. And uh, I think there are actually a lot of things that can just out can just line up and adjust them. Or I'd be afraid to line up against uh, lots of things. Like if I saw five SFs, I would hesitate to line up opposite them. Or if I saw a Sinker Swarm or um, any type of Republic Beef, I would. Or uh, even that Torkoal. Um, Torkoal Cartel Marauder Swarm, I would uh, hesitate to line up against it. So if you have like a beefier list, you can just like fly straight towards them. Yeah, and I, I guess it also leads into maybe something more interesting we haven't talked about in the past, but Rebel Beef can kind of loose formation joust, right? Um, it doesn't have to be in that kind of traditional close box formation. Like it does, if you're facing a situation like that, like those four ships can sort of uh, become separate elements in a way. They're they're still tethered. There's still some range band going on there. Yeah, I mean Cassian's ability. If you see a Cassian, I mean his ability is range zero, uh, one to three. So it's a pretty big. It's pretty wide. So his friends don't have to be right next to him. Um, I was thinking about flying Cassian, Braylon, Jake, and Luke, and that fits exactly at two hundred. And that's a variation where they don't actually need to be close. They can fan out quite a bit. That sounds really to. fun. Just to like I know we traditionally kind of rag on B for the community does, but that list you just mentioned actually sounds semi-interesting. Yeah, it's straight to two hundred. It's exactly two hundred. And Braylon and if and Luke, I mean, you could get um, so Braylon is always double modded. Jake can, I mean, Luke can target lock and be double modded with force, and then Jake can give a focus to a friend. So if he's near Cassian, he could in Cassian target locks, so you could get three double modded shots on the first turn. And they don't have to be so tight because there's nothing. Um, Jake is the only one whose ability is really tight in that right. in that list. And Cassian's actually can remove stress from Jake as well in that list, which is neat. Yeah, I yeah. like that. I, that. That's actually something I would consider flying. Um, it's a neat list. So I thought about it, but um, I will put it on the table on Tuesday and see how that goes. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't seem highly tested, right, for Nova, but whatever. Um, <laughs> all right well so what else do we have on the rebel list to work through i think uh we've talked at about so many of these things for hyperspace that i don't want to spend too much time on any one of them um we we, we kind of dismissed the four u-wing list uh last time i was on but maybe it's worth talking about that briefly um that was on stream a couple of times and was we saw that in europe again i i feel like a lot of the same counterplay items that are applicable to the rebel beef list we were just talking about apply here just the difference is it's not k turning it's um it's kind of building these weird like 90 degree boxes because of the u-wing right i think i mean those um their ability to pivot and keep guns on target can be really challenging um most of the variations i mean they have leia they usually there aren't enough points to squeeze in cassian usually if Cassian is in there, he does such a great job with other friendly Ewings to make them be able to stall. I don't know. Like for lists I usually fly, I would have a very hard time to be able to approach it from the side. But I think from an ace perspective, you would want to force them to pivot multiple times until they sort of run out of their Leia tricks and then are forced to move. Uh, then what the Ewing player would probably do, like they could effectively stop their back ships just by self-bumping, but then they're going to be unmodded. So you just want to make them exhaust their tricks before engaging. And then maybe 
you know, you get some shots, disengage, you know, you know, get half points on one and then you could sort of disengage and then they're forced to move and then before coming back in again. And be aware that they're kind of sneaky fast too, right? Like that medium base, that medium base can sort of hide the flaws of not being able to reposition. It's true for a lot of ships and like these things could, can set up in sort of a wide formation and collapse in on you pretty quickly. Um, and then they're like, you know, it's, it's another one of these weird situations where they just keep, keep arc on, on stuff. Uh, but I'm with you there. I think, I think uh, taking advantage of all the turns right after the first time they use Leia becomes really critical because that's when they're at their most vulnerable. Yeah. So the Leia turn, they're going to be modded. But then the turn after that, if they're going to stop or pivot again, they're going to be stressed. And then the turn after that, they can't do it anymore because they'll be stressed. And the only way they could do it that, so you have to lay a turn and then maybe a stress turn. And then the third turn after that, they could self bump, but some of the ships are going to have to move on that third turn. The variants on this that we've seen have had like various ways of um, dishing out like mods to a couple different ships. So I think it's had two of the tubes. (laughs) <laughs> um, stuff like that, where that that kind of mitigate, like basically they're not using the red stop after Leia, still getting a whole bunch of mods for everything. Um, we're probably overanalyzing this. I don't know that anyone will face this at Nova, uh, but it's it's just different. So interesting to talk about. Yeah, I'd be shocked to see if anyone actually brings this. Um... And if you whoever do, does, yeah, right. whoever does, we know they're going to face that four Moff Gerard boosting Lambda list, right? <laughs> that's that's going to happen. Yes, and it'll be on stream, hopefully. I 100% agree, and hope that they get the karma coming to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got resistance and separatists left, yep. and then we can wrap up. Yep. So uh, resistance has been performing pretty well. Um, and I, I think you know there's some basic archetypes for us to touch on. We already talked about Poe and the three A wings. Um, we don't have to talk about five A wings again, but just be aware that that's still fine, um, and it's it's still doing all the same things that it did before. I uh, but there's other like new lists that are out running around. So maybe we can start by talking about the funny one, which is Chewy and uh, the three Tide Pods. Um, do we want to? Uh, I mean. Uh, I'm you, very you happy. I'm I'm very happy that Chewie's actually getting playtime, and, and like I th- feel like this is the right setup for this. Um, who do you kill okay. first here? Like, what do you do? Well, let's maybe just cover what Chewie does first, right? Sure. So, so Chewie's like a giant extra health version of Death Rain or Death Fire, the the Tie Bomber that can shoot after it's destroyed. Um, so he basically is like a coordinate when he dies, right? Or when something dies. And then he also gets to shoot when something dies. Um, correct me if I've got that completely wrong. I don't have the card. I don't, I don't think he, he, he doesn't coordinate, but he, he takes it. Well, he gets coordinated. He like takes an action. Okay. Whatever. So <laughs> the point is that like when things are destroyed, Chewie gets angry and bad things happen. Yeah. Right. Leave it at that. Um, so, you know, I, what does that mean for target priority, right? Like if you start shooting at the pods, you're going to fuel Chewie. I feel like you just sort of, again, not to keep saying this, you just rip the bandaid off and you go kill Chewie. Um, like, how bad would the three t- pods be in the end game? I don't know. It sort of depends on your list. Uh, but I feel I feel like once Chewie's off the table, then you're just facing a bunch of those dumb models. Um, wow. Now, th- there are other variants on this list that have, like, T-70s out there. 
um, or an A-wing. Like, you can run, I think, like two A-wings and a pod or a couple different things. So I guess it depends on what the, the three other ships are, but my instinct is, like, once Chewie's gone, that the rest of those list, those ships aren't too huge of a threat. I, I know Finn has been popping up, but, like, I don't know. And the Resistance pod just kind of... It feels worse than a Z or a Z ninety five even. Like I, I just don't really? get it. Well, okay. So let's transition to a more relevant set of lists then. Okay. Um. So like, so like you have um, you have kind of four ship resistance that is everywhere and is, I feel like sort of like the default reliable list for a lot of the player base because they like their good guy factions. Um. And so I think we've got some players who used to be running kind of rebel beef who are making the transition into resistance i don't want to call it beef because it isn't entirely that but it's it's four ship resistance right yeah and what they're what they're gravitating towards there is just you know some really specific things so it's it's finn with uh perceptive co-pilot and pattern analyzer and heroic that's the best version of him and depending on what you want in the rest of that list you can start removing things so you can remove the pattern analyzer which you really want, so you can kind of do those red moves and still get get all the mods. Or whatever, right? You remove that, you keep Perceptive Co-Pilot. You can remove that too, and you still got a 30-point ship that's doing a whole bunch of damage for really no cost. So Finn is, like, we're all kind of fixated on Finn because we know he's pretty much under-costed. Uh, but for me, it's sort of like, it's more about looking at the whole list. So if it's Poe, and then Finn and Bastion and an A-Wing, I think it's similar to what we were just talking about with Chewie, which is like, what do you think the end game is against Poe, Finn, Bastion, and an A-Wing? Is it Finn? Like, kind of winning Star Wars? No. It's Poe, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, Finn is a threat, and what makes him good is he's undercosted and he's much more of a threat for whatever you trade in killing him, right? Like, it's just, the trade sucks because he takes longer to kill him than you know you would want and because of that you end up losing more points than Finn is worth um but i think i go back to the same thing which is like if you just just deal with everything besides finn you're probably just like by accident targeting the right thing in your opponent's list and that's either poe or it's maybe ninnam or or one of the you know elo or an a-wing um so you know without getting too caught up on like finn's power level i think Target priority wise, you just you just don't fall into that trap. And if you do, if you're gonna target him, he does take damage, you can overwhelm him. Um, it's sort of similar to what we were talking about with the Inquisitors, which is that like with enough focus fire, he's he's gonna take a ton of damage. It just takes longer than you want. I guess. I mean like, like I said, I mean like uh maybe he is just one of those things that like he's there to blow up for thirty points. I mean, when you start loading him up, like I start to lose faith in it. Um but yeah, what, what once you, you load him up, like about... look at look at the load up version though. Like the loaded up version has perceptive co-pilot, so it just the problem comes in that it it has two focus tokens for defense. Yeah, so like you can do them. Like you don't have to do the math. You just know the number of shots that become problematic because of that, right? Sure. So if you have more than those, you know, if you have a couple of shots following up once they had to spend the two focus tokens, then like by all means, take Finn off the table. But if you don't. Um, it's basically it, got an auto evade. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's just like a like a more thematic version of Venny, right? And and that that that's where the trap happens. Um, so hopefully that's doesn't sound too ridiculous, right? Like I'm not 
I say not this, I'm going to get like dumpstered by a Finn on Saturday, I bet. I'm like, so, oh, well, that's... <laughs> yeah, okay, but it goes back to what is the end game of whatever list yeah. you're fighting. You know? One thing you got to remember, though, and, and I agree with everything you guys are saying, but if you're not shooting at Finn at all, then he's hitting really hard. Right, because he's basically kind of like an advanced targeting computer. Uh, X one was in first edition, where he just is throwing down an extra hit every turn. Um, so, you know, if you're not shooting him, he's going to hit hard. So it, it's kind of a balancing thing, I guess. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was trying to get to with like the trade stinks. Like like w- when you go to shoot him, he he probably survives and is able to shoot right. And, and when he fires, you probably lost like a fifty point shoot. <laughs> you know, and that that's where that's where things can flip on you. And that's why um, I like the perceptive copilot version so much more because when he just has one focus token, okay, you spend one shot shooting at him, he's going to spend his focus. Now he's not doing any damage to you. Um but when he's got the two, right? Are you going to really spend maybe half of your list just to burn through those stupid focus tokens so he's not hitting you? It it really gives you a tough decision and and we all know giving your opponent decisions is a good idea. Yeah, they tend to get those wrong. I mean, we get most of what we talked about here is probably wrong, right? So we know we know decisions are hard. Just even in head simming matchups, it's hard to be correct. Um, so what are the other variants on this, though? Right? Like you have uh, the stuff that you know we saw before at Gen Con, where you have Finn and uh, some of the mid initiative pilots. So you can get Bastion and uh, Pava, a couple other things out there. So in those lists, like you don't have that Poe kind of end game sitting in front of you. So it's maybe a little bit less clear what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to target. Um, I think when you see Pava in a list, you kind of it's a similar conversation to what we were talking about with Fen, where the more stuff that's next to Pava, the more durable she is. So I always kind of feel like, you know, I I, I sort of want to wait until Pava's most vulnerable to fire at that ship. But then, you know, obviously it can be used offensively as well. Um so I, I don't know where that lands, right? When you have like Pava, Bastion, and Finn all out there, they're all kind of useful in their way, um, but they're mid-initiative, and uh, you can you, it really becomes a game of sort of making them uh, feel how how low initiative they actually are, right? And and avoiding those arcs, and eventually they will get initiative killed. Yeah. So what else from Resistance can we comment on? I think there's uh, you know some some of the Noden lists are still relevant, and we're starting to see more Kova Leia lists. So I think we've talked about those before. We don't have to talk about them here. But Kova Leia is like, a, it's a meta thing now. Yeah. So anything else on Resistance before we go to Separatists? No, I think we fit it all. Okay. Um, I guess you might see a Quad C70 list, but yeah. that's just a game X wing. So it's all good. Have fun. Um, good luck. Have fun. Yeah, enjoy, right? And just make sure you, you do enough damage. Um, so separatists, I think, uh, without doing like any deep kind of analysis of the, the lists that have made cut, um, I think I would boil this down to Seer Swarm with TA-175. That's the thing that we've seen performing reliably. There's other variants that don't have that. They might have two bombers, but I don't think we have to talk about them here. Uh, so the, the trick with this, right, is that there's kind of like two versions. There's one that has the energy shell charge swarm, which is usually at I-3 and doesn't have eight ships and then there's the other that um you know doesn't doesn't take any of the ordinance and has an extra ship uh so what it's what it's doing really is feeding you 
uh, one of the vultures early on to toss a whole bunch of calculates out to the rest of the list. And then in doing that, it kind of increases the durability of whatever vulture you're shooting second after you killed one. Um, so that's what makes it useful, right? Among other things, including the fact that Seer's ability is pretty good. Um, and probes allow for fairly consistent damage. So I, I guess my only advice for fighting against Separatists is just to, number one, like avoid the sinking feeling in your stomach when you see all those ships across from you. Um, that can sometimes be intimidating and just start with it's not that bad. Um, and then number two, like there's going to come a point in the game where you think you're losing and your opponent doesn't right your your separatist opponent is if they've run the list enough times like is fully aware that they're still like one or two turns away from mov being in a really bad place um so it's like games against these like high ship count vulture lists are sort of funny right because they're they're playing to time with a whole bunch of mov often they take a long time to play because everything moves slowly um but the main thing to keep in mind is that like you're never out of it uh even if it's like you know 20 minutes left in the game right like they're you know they might be in a better position because they can get to time and they've got all these ships that are going to stay durable or, or blocking you or whatever um, but it's really not that hard to begin to chain initiative kills together and and you can swing games very quickly now uh, going back to like the um sloan list i'm sorry um do you think this is something that you could probably potentially like try to damage one or two or three of them even, and then try to initiative kill them next turn to possibly lighten the blow of Seer. Yeah, I mean, like, you want to kill a vulture and get, like, into, in, into get, get the next one on one hole, right? Ideally, you can kill two in a round, but that's probably not going to happen. So you know, you're, you're constantly just trying to kill one vulture and do some damage to another every turn. Um, you don't expect to kill two each round, right? But you expect to kill one each round, and do some damage to the second one. Yeah, and that that will start to get a separatist player to feel like they hate the faction again. Um, and that's what you want, right? Like you want them to be nervous. Uh, but but on the flip side of that, right? Like there's other stuff going on with this list. Like if you, if if probes is involved, and I I can't I can't share too many details with it because I have details on this because I haven't played against it much. But when when probes are on the table, um, that thing is sort of going to set up target locks and there's specific ways to deal with it right and it's kind of a it's kind of a sanity check right because they, they have to drop that and they're moving it what is it it's two banks or two forwards um so you just need to be careful of like this is actually something that i, I before i go to nova i kind of want to put on the table and just do a couple of practice games against just to like fully map out exactly what the probe is doing and i would encourage other people to do the same thing right because if you deny them those locks, um, it's a totally different game than if they get all the locks on something early on. Would you advise to possibly shooting that drawer, that probe? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the exact answer is, to be honest with you, right? Because I haven't, I haven't physically tested against it that much. Sure. Um, but I know that there's specific ways to, to, to make sure that it doesn't happen. And part of that is it just comes down to the, the ranges and the order in which that the probe is moving, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, shooting it might be a legitimate option. I, I um, you know, it's it's just the kind of thing where like they might even drop two probes, right? And so understanding how that changes the engagement matters too. And I, a final comment on this is that it doesn't so much build a box as it does build a wall. 
So expect parallel engagements. If anyone anyone locally has played against Ted, you know, you know what happens, right? Like Ted has this weird opening where he's just setting up layers, and it's it's just like a two tiered wall. Um, most other kind of vulture players are doing something similar, where uh, you know it's just it's just a really wide set of arcs. And what's good about that is it sort of makes it easy for you to carve out a side of it. What's bad is it can collapse in from an angle. Yeah. So whatever side of it you engage with, like the next turn all of the vultures are collapsing in on that side. Um, so part of me thinks that like, if you have rocks in the way of that and they don't have struts, that's a legitimate strategy, right? So that you can engage on part of their list and then they can't kind of turn everything in on you. So yeah, that did we sense. hit everything? I think we've hit everything. Uh, do we have any final comments before we wrap up? Um, any, anything you want to add about Nova, going into Nova, prepping for Nova? Anything like that? Um, Chris, do you have anything? Yeah, just take everything that we talked about here with a grain of salt, right? Um, <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I think we – I wanted to cover some of this because I think this, this is all mostly for our locals, right? Where, you know, we know we have a lot of locals that don't have the time to, you know, even pay attention to what lists are in the meta. Um, so, you know, don't don't overemphasize anything that we've suggested here in terms of counterplay. Like, if you, if you don't know what to do against a particular list, like, maybe just have a self-practice game real quick and – and kind of piece that out against your specific list. That's the important thing is that um, a lot of the general counter strategy may not apply to your list. So it's very important to understand what your list is trying to do in matchups, not just what you know, the general item is. Sure. Uh, Brett, do you have anything that you want to add for going into Nova? Anything that you want to talk about? Just have fun and remember not to drop because, you know, no matter what, how you're doing, you know, after two rounds, you can still get one of those cards or, or some of the other prizes. I really love the the way they're doing this. I, I think we're all going to see a lot of people playing all six rounds, no matter how poorly they're doing, which is yeah. going to be great. Nice. Jonathan, how about you? No, I would echo what Brad said. I think just like last year, Andrew, didn't both of us, didn't we both drop early and go get beer or something? I think we might have. So we won't do that again this year. Probably not. Um, but just to follow up on that, like, if you see us out at Nova, I mean, we're going to be playing both days. I think Chris, you're playing Friday. Um, Zach's playing Friday. There were other, us three are playing Saturday. If you see us, come say hello. Come talk to us. You know, I, I love it when you guys come up to us and, and, and say hello. Well, we, we should have some cool swag to give out. Um, so we'll definitely be handing stuff like that out. Um, but yeah, have fun. That is the most important part. Don't drop. Just go out play x-wing and see what happens right yeah and d take advantage of this game right now right like i don't know this might be the most fun version of x-wing that we're gonna ever have <laughs> like who knows right like right now things are actually really fun um you know so go into this with an open mind like i know we just spent like an hour and a half talking about all the lists in the meta but like the reality is you can take things you enjoy right now and probably have a good day and the reality is we could spend an hour and a half talking about what's in the meta instead of it just being like five things like it's it's pretty great right yeah and we don't you know we can't point to one thing in particular that's the the power list so you know it, it just enjoy the openness of it i guess is what i'm saying enjoy and it don't bring gas clouds. Or, i'm sorry don't bring debris bring gas <laughs> cloud help me out <laughs> nope um all debris here but enjoy it before the nantech shows up so <laughs> All right, so let's close out the show. Um, if you are a fan of the show, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Patreon. We love seeing you guys there. And, uh, you know, every day we've got new followers now. So 
I definitely appreciate everyone out there. The new Ults Arts are supposed to be coming in this week, so I'll have them for you. If you see me down at Nova, I'll have them for you. If not, I'll be mailing them out probably sometime next week when I get back from Nova. Um, other than that, I think that will do it for this week's episode. I want to thank everyone for listening, and have a great night. Either build a box or you live long enough to become the cat.